Welcome to Much More Muchier with Pup Duffy and Kara Lane, an Odd Imagination production. Hello, hello. Hello. Hi, Kara. Hi, how are you today? Doing super well. How are you? I am doing great. Hello, Jared. Hello. Hi, Jared. <laughs> well, we finally get to sit down. How exciting. I know. I guess something weird happened with technology last time. Like Jared and I were on the call and you were too. And we were just like missing each other in cyberspace Wait, somehow. Waiting. <laughs> I know. I know. And I feel bad because like we were just both, we were all just sitting there waiting, like believing we were stood up. So today we are speaking with Jared Callahan and Jonathan Pickett. They are producers of uh, the documentary Clean Slate. Uh, which is amazing. Um, it hits really close to home. I had to pause and cry a few times. Um, and I think it's one of the best portrayals of the struggle of addiction that I've ever seen. And then the, also mm -hmm. the pain that not only they go through knowing that they're putting their family through pain, but also the pain of the families. Um, so what was it like working on this project? What ro roped you guys into it? I was speaking at a film festival in Atlanta with a previous film and I did a Q and A and did a panel about how to make documentaries. And two guys came up to me to pitch me a film idea. And it, one of them was Cassidy. So we went out to a coffee and, you know, two and a half hours later, here's life story is amazing. And I agreed to go visit the ministry center. And when I went, I thought I was going to go for an hour. And six and a half hours later, I got the tour of everything they do, their businesses, the houses. It was just amazing. So they really wanted to make feature films. They want to make full length films. And I agreed to go help and, and mentor and, and coach in any way that I could. And over the course of that, uh, it blossomed into they wanted to make a short film. And I realized probably the best way to handle it would be film them attempting to do it. Because I didn't know what was going to come of their short film, but I figured them telling their stories one way or another would be the right thing for the world and for, for me. So I'm really thankful that the way the project came to be. Yeah, it's 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 stunning. It is stunning. Um, and it's a roller coaster ride, much like every day is, you know, it's it, it was emotionally gripping and you got to celebrate but you also got to cry and feel their pain. And I think that you did, you guys did a phenomenal job in, in roping in all of those emotions that you feel, the complexity of it all at once. You know, it's overwhelming <laughs> at times, which kind of leads into, I'm sure, how they feel themselves uh, every day. Um, so what got you involved, Jonathan? Um, well, I met Jared when he came back to uh, the university where I was attending at the time, which Jared is an alumni of, and he uh, screened his very first documentary, Janie Makes a Play. And uh, I met him afterward and was like, you know, keep me posted if there's ever any, you know, film that I could work on with you. And then he called me a couple months later and said, do you want to come live in Atlanta for a summer and, and film this documentary? So um, I kind of just jumped in head first and... Um, yeah, was a camera person on it for the summer, living at the rehab, um, filming. And then uh, after that summer, he invited me on to 
produce it and edit it. And and you're right, the the ups and downs is something that like we were very conscious of in the editing. I mean, like the movie is is like it's very dynamic. It's like so full of like these little wins and then these like big losses. And um, as we were test screening it and showing it to people, we were always trying to be very wary of like, where do we need to give people a little bit of a win? Where is it a little bit too much of just like bummer, bummer, bummer in a row? And um, we did one test screening at a recovery center where it was it was very helpful in kind of gauging that back and forth because that's the reality too is you can't make a movie about recovery that's too full of wins and if you make one that's too full of bummers then where's the hope and where's the you know sense of we can get through this right and that was beautifully done the sense of hope you can see was outlined throughout the the whole the the film um so this follows Josh and Cassidy. They became really good friends in uh, the rehab facility and they both bonded over wanting to make these movies. Um, and Cassidy uh, very much used movies as an escape whenever he was little, you learn. Um, and that's, it's very similar to me because I mean, my parents were divorced. It was a very broken home. There was alcohol and drugs involved. Um, and I did, I did the same thing Cassidy did. I ran into movies. And, you know, so I, I completely understand where that's kind of like a safe spot for him. Um, I, I learned a, a, not too long ago, actually, because I've got anxiety. And I was like, why do I always watch these same movies over and over and over again? And somebody is like, well, that's because you know how it's going to end. You know what happens every step of that way. So there's a comfort there in knowing what's going to happen. And um, I very much feel like that might be a lot of where he's at too. He just feels like that comfortability in it. Um, I know that you guys have kept up with Josh and Cassidy. I did uh, read the website because you guys have a lovely website, which is thecleanslatefilm.com. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you guys can watch the short film on that website and also uh, get updates on uh, Josh and Cassidy and I love I mean you saw Cassidy just completely tailspin in this documentary um, but the thing that I love about him is that he never gives up he's got this determination and he just keeps going and he's like you know what I fell I'm dusting myself off I'm getting right back up and I'm gonna do it and and that is the same kind of thing for Josh too it's like there's that constant drive uh i think so i i got the last update on the website how are they doing right now we i think we updated that this week so that that is the newest <laughs> without any spoilers because anybody wants to watch the movie there's definitely ups and downs and things you need to experience in the film but uh i it has continued since filming for both of them it is great that Josh is on a multi-year uh, sobriety streak right now, and he is married, and they are pregnant, and they're going to have a baby in February. So he is very, very excited, and they are doing well. They support each other yeah. and understand this world, and yeah, they're doing great. Cassidy, I think, as we've realized, uh, and he says it in the film one place, I think I might be bipolar, as he's really struggling with the um, manic high and then really, really low lows. Um, I think one of the things that's tough for Cassidy is he tries to figure out medicine that best regulates his brain in a way that he feels stable. 
um, is also some of the medication that he's most addicted to. And so for him to regulate himself has been very difficult. So I think right now he's five months sober at a facility where he is able to be given structure for day, food, a place to stay, but also uh, his ration of medicine and not access to all his medicine. And I yeah. think that will end up being uh, for long-term health for Cassidy, a best thing. So um, yeah, yeah. As, as they both saw the film, I, obviously it was not an easy film for them both to watch. Uh, and I think they both appreciate that it exists, that they have lived this season and that it's something that for the ups and the downs can really redeem for them uh, what they've been through because so many people feel seen by the film. And and say, as someone came to, a, we did unlimited theatrical screenings last week and someone came to one that I was doing a Q&A and said, I'm 20 years sober and I've never seen a film uh, portray what it's like to be in my head. And mm-hmm. and that's his ultimate gift. He was sitting with a partner and I'm so glad that they got to see it. They've journeyed with it for 20 years, I'm assuming, or more, but they got to see it in a way that they had never felt had been portrayed. So that's the ultimate compliment and for what I was hoping it could do and what what, what Jonathan and I as filmmakers were trying to do and then what Cassidy and Josh, I, I feel like, um, feel happens and happened well yeah it it did um and this like I said it hit home really hard I'm gonna cry again I'm gonna try not to it's but um being a child of a an addict and an alcoholic you see the outside behaviors and that's what affects you but you don't ever get to see the internal struggle And I watched that movie and afterwards I was just hit so heavily and I was, I was telling Papa, I was like, man, I got to interview these guys like in an hour, I got to get it together, you know? (laughs) So maybe it was fortuitous that I didn't because I was a hot mess and in my head a lot because I got to see a very real portrayal of what my dad has been through Mm -hmm. and that hurt more then I think the pain that he caused me going through it was because I feel like nobody should have to deal with that kind of suffering. And it's, it was horrifying to watch how his brain was when he was going through all of it. And it's because of Josh and Cassidy sharing their story that I was able to get some understanding and healing as far Mm -hmm. as a child of an alcoholic and and an addict. Um, and so like, I called my dad, I was like, dad, I love you. And he's sober again. So I'm happy for that. But um, mm-hmm. it's a, it's been a struggle for him too. You know, he's very much like Josh's story. He'd been to facilities like 10, 12, 13 times and uh, nothing worked. And it took him hitting his lowest low where he couldn't even walk in to get a job where he walked to the nearest VA, which was hour, like hours away driving mm. and signed himself in. And he was clean for, <laughs> you know, 10 years or so more. And then he spiraled again and um, he immediately noticed himself spiraling. It didn't take years this time. It was a year. And he was like, okay, I'm going to go in and do this long-term, you know, facility thing. And it's, it's worked really well. Mm. Um, so I want to say kudos to you guys for, and I want to say thank you, Jared, for it being on your heart, for sticking there and doing it with them and bringing this story to so many people. Because I mean, if I know if it touched my life, it's going to touch thousands of others and give them hope, give them understanding, give, be able to facilitate those feelings of forgiveness, 
and moving through their own pain. So yeah. good job. Yeah. Thank you, Kara. Thanks for sharing too. I'm so sorry for you to go through that and your father. That's the, one of the main hopes with the movie was that it would provide a differing opinion on addiction. Because I mean, we if we saw it as a disease, which it truly is, we would handle it completely different with the way we criminalize it, with the way we treat people. For me, I always use my mom as a reference, like salt of the earth, 65 year old woman. But if you say what's an addict or what is someone who is struggling with addiction, you've got a mental picture that's been painted for you by media, movies, right? Like um, what's someone with a felony? And she'd have a, a picture. But if you start and you introduce Josh and Cassidy, then it would change what you think of them. And it did. And I think that for us is what the point was, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But seriously, it really experiences with it. You go first, Jonathan. I'm going to start his movie. Well, <laughs> I was just going to say real quick, like, like really, it does mean so, so much that you would say uh, that about the movie and say such kind words. And um, just the second what Jared said, like, very much appreciate you sharing and being vulnerable because like honestly that was the thing that we would say to ourselves when we were making it was like we just want to like be able to paint a picture and really like put someone in the shoes and put someone in the like day-to-day life like this is like what the actual day in day out struggle is like and um yeah that's that's kind of like the idea behind like doing it in verite style too where we're following them around and seeing the day-to-day struggle so um the fact that that landed for you is is literally the highest compliment that that you could give the film um it feels it feels really good thanks thanks for saying that yeah we just want people to know what it's like to be to be in the shoes and to answer your other question like i don't have personal experience with recovery but um like meeting these guys and and you know like such as the nature of documentary filmmaking you develop such a strong relationship and like to this day like i we were like friends with these guys we have we're a part of each other's lives for better or worse now and um being trusted by them with their vulnerability to kind of help you know tell the story and and letting people into their lives to see like this is what it's like to walk a day in my shoes um was like an incredible privilege and an honor so like yeah hearing people like you say that like yeah this this did give me extraordinary empathy for what it was like to be in my dad's shoes is like that's the entire point that's why we spent you know, so much time in a dark room editing the movie to try to communicate that. Thank you. The question about our our families and stuff. Yeah, I've, if you've got yeah. anything. Uh, yeah. yeah, my dad's dad was an abusive alcoholic. And I feel like the stories I've known about him for my whole life have been very similar uh, to some of the things you shared about your father. Uh, and just no, seeing the way that that affected trickled down my whole family and my parents, their actions. And um, <clears throat> and then it's like a cousin, like I, we have a cousin that's been on the street for the last 10 years and we just saw her a couple months ago for the first time in a decade and we grew up together, you know, like, so it's just amazing the ways that we, we've come to the line of everybody knows someone in recovery or someone who should be. And uh, that feels very true as we show it to people. It's, yeah. it's either them or my cousin, my brother, my son, my sister, you know, like um, that's just, I have no idea why like Cassie and Josh share. I don't want to share any spoilers that when you're given something that you didn't choose, why it clicked for you and why it caused an addiction and why it didn't others. And I've had surgeries right. or a broken wrist and was prescribed the same medicines that they were. So I don't, you know, why that happens and then the stigma that is attached to it. It's just devastating. So 
one, one baby step at a time. I've learned that there are thousands, hundreds and thousands of stories in this world that we could tell. And, uh, and ours is just one corner of the neighborhood of all the things that could be explored. And, and there'll be important movies that explain with doctors in white coats why this happens and the science of it. That's fine. That's great. That's helpful. Um, but we'll be a part of the ecosystem that just tells two really personal stories and hopefully add some empathy to yeah. the journey. So, and it helps people seem like you as well that you're not alone that the people are affected in this ways and people love these people and we didn't choose it and that's that's love you know well said yeah very well said um so it's it's a one of my favorites was just a brief glimpse uh was canyon and uh you know like i went to the website specifically like where is he at what's he doing and um you know to know that his he suffered and he tried so hard and I just saw everything in him and that determination and the but the pain just became too much um and so that was a very um sad thing and my thoughts and prayers go out to Kenyon's family um it is it needs to be known though that 9.5 million americans suffer from both of the substance uh, use disorder and have a also a mental health disorder that goes along with it um that was brought to me because my i've got kids on the spectrum and one of them the uh i was talking about family history because they go through that whole thing and she was like 90% of the time, if you bring me somebody who is um, an, an alcoholic or an addict, I'm going to tell you right now that they're self-medicating because they've got underlying mental health issue or something that's going on there. Um, and substance abuse, uh, substance use disorder is about 7.2% of 12 years olds and older have had a substance abuse disorder within this past year so it's really it's prevalent it is one of those things that as you were saying is highly misclassified misidentified misinformation is just out there about it and it it's one of those things that it can be triggered because it runs in families and it can be triggered by environmental factors like trauma or stress um and it you know there's the evidence of um, generational genetic changes uh, as far as that's concerned too with emotional environmental issues and traumas um so when we boil it down this is an endemic of us not caring about the other person and making sure that they're taken care of and making sure that they get what they need and the help that they need mm -hmm. um what is what was the hardest thing for both of you whenever you guys were filming this? What was the hardest thing for you guys emotionally or mentally or what have you? Jonathan? Well, 95% uh, of the movie we filmed within a two-month period of time. So it was very, very, it was a very quick production schedule. It was like, we're filming probably like six days out of the week for really, really long days. And, you know, 
the subject matter itself too obviously is not like a walk in the park light material so I think like the heaviness like exacerbated with like the you know just the need for the project to be like filming often it made it so that I think when we got to the end of that summer we we all kind of took like a little bit of a sabbatical and uh just like needed to really rest and reset but from a production standpoint that was challenging and then you know from the editor standpoint just the finding the story uh the concise story within all of what we filmed because we did I mean we filmed for two months but it was like four camera people filming you know six days out of the week so we had a mountain of footage and the first rough cut that Jared and I had that we watched that no one else's eyes could ever lay on was a, a like a four-hour cut and we were like you know oh my gosh what are, is this like a series uh or are we going to figure out a way to make this a 90-minute movie and <clears throat> you know it was very it wasn't like a uh, maybe this wasn't the quickest way to do it, but we very much did like this slow carving out, you know, from four hours to three and a half to three. And we're kind of just taking it methodically to figure out like what, what exactly the story was that people were resonating with and that we were wanting to, to trim down and hone in on. Um, so that was really difficult and just, it took a really long time, but you know, was like almost the point of it to just like really pay attention and listen to the story that needed to be told. The hardest part for me was uh, filming, like being on the film set with them. There were a couple of days where the the short film that they aimed to make in the in in our feature film uh, comes to set, and it was really hard for me to a like we said we're always going to care about them first, right? We're not making a movie that's going to aid. In their uh, negative behaviors or uh, anything that would be harmful to them. Um, and so we're being supportive, but at the same time, we're trying to film a real documentary where you're hands off and allowing them to be. Um, that's touchy and sensitive in the world of recovery. So then they're trying to make a film, and I'm supporting the short film based on things that happen in the documentary that you'll see. Um, when it went bad, there were a couple of times there where it was double, triple bad for me, and I was both trying to help them their health, trying to help them make a film and trying to direct the feature documentary being filmed and I was losing it. So that is not something I will ever do again. I don't want to be in anything I make again. I don't want to, I don't want that to, to happen like it did. Um, so it was as bad, it was worse than it looked and it was pretty pretty bad to watch in the documentary. People, you can see people kind of shrinking back and writhing and holding onto their, their theater seat chairs and that it was like that, but worse. So. Um, that was really bad and then with the way things happened after filming with them in the world of recovery and support the mountain of support I thought that department was going to lend to finishing that film evaporated uh for recovery reasons and so uh we went from having three full-time people that were going to be on it to zero and so that also delayed the making of that short film and the Atlanta film community the Atlanta film society is amazing they help so much come around them and help get it made and then the fact that it played at the Atlanta Film Festival is just uh, for them a dream come true. So it Big just it took takes years. So any film that gets made, even if it's bad and you, you pick on it, is a miracle. But the idea that you can make a movie in recovery, like Josh says in a clip in the film, is like there's a reason that nobody does this because it's impossible. <laughs> and he's right. So <laughs> this well, and that's a that's yeah. a moment where he's he's shutting down too. Right. Like yeah. you know, there's the, that big moment where he's alone. 
and he feels the brunt of all of it and that's when he utters that and I sat there and I was like you know what no true words have ever been spoken and the fact that you're still doing this and you're still hanging on and you're still doing what you're doing and you're keeping it going just speaks a lot about his own character you know um and the fact that he wasn't worried about himself he was worried about his friends and getting this done because he knows that this is a legacy that they get to leave. Yep. Um, and it was a very important piece for him. Um, so Jared, you're the founder and director of people, people media foundation, right? right. Yep. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, we have been running it for eight years now. We are a, a foundation because we realized how much of the work we do is giving back and trying to support uh, people, young artists, diverse artists, uh, to get to make work. And now we live in a time where, especially with film, it's easier than it's ever been to make a movie. It's still a lot of work, uh, but it's easier than it's ever been to make the movie. The huge, huge hurdle now is, can you find eyeballs uh, to watch your movie? So you and the three of us can make the greatest film ever made right now on our on our Zoom. Uh, but the idea mm-hmm. of getting people to see it is is insurmountable. And so we realized like, oh man, we can A, help people make their work and B, let's help it get seen. So we I live on a farm, 95 acre farm here south of Oakland, California. Uh, and we've got uh, animals, goats, sheep, uh, chickens, a creek, uh, orchard. And we provide space where artists fly in and do residencies. They stay here for three days, three weeks, three months, and um, work alongside each other. And it's great. So last week we had an artist fly in from Canada, spent 10 days with us. We did an art night. Everybody shared, you know, their songs, their painting, their stuff they've written. We did 15 pages cold read of their script, and then they didn't get to say anything. And we all spoke to it. And we said, what worked, what didn't work, what confused us, what resonated with us, and it makes their work better. Um, and so if we can provide both the encouragement to do the work, but then the, the critique, like kind critique that makes your work better, that's the best thing we can offer to young artists. So um, we'll do that as long as we can. It's a great way and, and, a, and a place, a base to make work out of. And we've found great friends that we've done stuff with and end up collaborating on films together because that's who we want to be in the world. So uh, that's the base. Media, peoplepeoplemedia.com is the website where it has uh, information about the residency and also all our films, a ton of short films for free and our, our three feature documentaries are all uh, on, easy to find on peoplepeoplemedia.com. That is awesome. And Clean Slate is award-winning documentary, by the way, guys. So you definitely want to take the time out to see this. Make sure you get your Kleenexes available. <laughs> Because you're gonna need it. You're gonna ugly cry. There will be a lot of snot. It won't be. It won't be pretty. Um, watch in a dark space. <laughs> I know. Watch. Watch with with comfort food, pillows. You know, like everything. Just get that aura, that whole zen going of comfortableness. Because you're gonna cry. Um, do you have anything coming up, you guys? Jonathan, what's your? You've got a big thing that you've been working on. <clears throat> um. Well, we're trying to do a scripted movie. We've we've done scripted short films and we've done feature documentaries and we're trying to figure out um, how we can get a low budget indie narrative uh, with script up off the ground. So there's this movie right now that we're working on called Birds of Massachusetts. That's a two-hander about a, a young guy and uh, an old woman who has dementia. And it's kind of this slow, you know, relationship focused drama about 
how um, he's her care partner, but she doesn't remember who he is every day. So he has to reintroduce himself. And it's kind of about their unlikely friendship and how it changes and morphs over the course of one year. Um, so that's that's a project that we're very much hoping to make in 2023. Um, the other interesting, let us know. The other new project for us is COVID caused us enough time where other projects got shut down and we edited two feature documentaries. So Clean Slate is out now. And I'm sure in all the liner notes you can put, it's, it's fun that it's available. But the other film we just put on Vimeo, uh, it's called Sometimes I Shake, and it follows a mentor of mine who is in his late 40s, who is a big band jazz conductor, but had Parkinson's disease. So he would shake as he directed, and it was a really visual thing that we started filming. And then that summer, um, he received the unfortunate additional diagnosis of ALS, of Lou Gehrig's disease. So when he knew that his life had a foreseeable timeline, we just cried together, and he said, well, why don't you film the rest of my life? So you want another laugh, cry, laugher. This guy, Dan, is a hoot, man. He's funny. And he ends up falling in love and marrying a woman named Jan, who ends up being a huge part of the film, Jan and Dan. And um, they're amazing. They're amazing. And let us follow the end of, of Dan's life. And uh, it's called Sometimes I Shake. And you can find it on our peoplepeoplemedia.com site. But it is another worth your time. You'll end up loving a person that you didn't even know. And then what he speaks to about um, purpose and life and death is really, really moving. So it was big for me to film that season of my life. And we used uh, the COVID shutdown to edit that film as well. And so that's coming out now new as well. So we've spent a lot of time making these two films. Clean Slate was in our lives for five plus years. But the Sometimes I Shake, I think, goes in my life for 14 years before we edited that movie. So we're excited for both of them to be available to people now. Well, now I'm gonna have to have you come back on so we can talk about that, y'all. Yeah, you, you, talk you, about y'all's projects. We, we could send you a box of Kleenex if you need yeah, it. Yeah, you guys are yeah. gonna. Yeah, I need I need you guys to subscribe Amazon Kleenexes to me. Uh, if I'm gonna keep watching y'all's stuff, I'm just they're just for sale on our website now. You're like, here's our movies, and here's oh my gosh, Kira Kleenexes. Hilarious, yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, where can people find you guys? Well, the website's the website's the easiest, and then Instagram. I'm Jared underscore Cal, and Jonathan is JP Howdy, and that's kind and of people. Instagram's, people Media is yeah. our Instagram. We have more oh, yeah. immediate updates there. People, People Media, and the People People uh, Residency has one too. But yeah, yeah, People People uh, Media is a great way to follow pretty much everything we do. We we kind of filter through that space. Yeah, and I have to say, Howdy, are you like from the South at all, <laughs> Jonathan? I was born in Kentucky. Yes. All right. Yeah. There you go. I'm a yeah. Texas girl, so I get it. There you buddy. go. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I so appreciate you guys coming in and talking with me for a little bit about this. And oh gosh, I really yeah. look forward to having you guys back so I can blubber and tell you why y'all are horrible for making me cry. That'd be our pleasure. Wow. Thank you, Kara. Thanks was, for your deep this engagement. Was a really, yeah. Yeah. This was such a such a nice interview and chat we really really appreciate it it's nice to like talk to someone kind of like on a heart-to-heart level rather than just like a really quick like you know get it finished type of thing so thank you for engaging in such a meaningful way Uh, i enjoyed having you guys and the world is lucky to have you guys behind a camera uh talking about those those true real life things that affect all of us that isn't being portrayed at all in mainstream media or anything so yeah. Uh, the world is lucky to have you guys. Thank you much. We'll keep it up so as much. long as as long as we can. We'll keep doing it. 
Awesome. Nice All to right, meet you. All right, you guys have a really great day and nice to meet cool. you. Y'all take Sounds care. Good. Talk Bye. later. Bye. This has been an Odd Imagination production. Here at Odd Imagination, you'll find book, film, television, and product reviews, as well as roundtable discussions, current events, and hot topics. We are advocates for equality and the freedom to be who you are, no matter what. Odd Imagination gets its name from autism and imagination, two things that are very important to us. If you would like more information on Odd Imagination and the podcasts that we host on our website, you can visit autimagination.org, A-U-T-I-M-A-G-I-N-A-T-I-O-N.org.